Now, Russ, you're clearly a dividend investor with a channel called Dapper Dividends, yet you just bought a stock that doesn't pay dividends. What is going on here? Yeah, I did, Joe, and it was Hero Health, ticker, by the way, H-R-O-W, and it's because I've honestly become enamored with their founder and CEO, Mark Baum, who, dude, he professes constantly his love for how Buffett and Munger run Berkshire Hathaway, and he wants to bring a lot of that to how he runs Hero Health. Okay, I don't know, man. You said it, but I know you've been on record multiple times saying, I'm a dividend investor, and all I I want are those sweet, sweet dividends. Uh, first off, Joe, you are beginning to upset my friend here. Watch it, Joe. It's going to be hard to talk when I punch all your teeth down your throat. Hey, He's hey, kidding. hey, take He's it kidding. easy, Arnold. We're just goofing around. I think it's okay to evolve, and honestly, part of my evolution is, yeah, I still want lots of that sweet, sweet passive income, but, Joe, I'm also looking more at total return. I hear you, Russ. You're a good guy, but, hey, I got one question. Can we sing that jingle about your cat? Oh, you know it, boys. Arnold, on three. I one. I two. Uh, three. Let's, Let's all, all get, get together, together and smell my cat. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, what's going on? I'm Russ. And this is, of course, the one, the only, the world-famous, internationally known Dapper Dividends podcast. Hey, big shout out to not Joe Rogan and not Arnold Schwarzenegger for joining me in that little bit of a fun intro I had putting together for all you all watching out there in YouTube land and Spotify land and any other land that you get the video version of this. But if you don't, if you're just chillaxing out there in the tub that you've got in the backyard for some reason, and you like sitting in it because it's the weird kind of things you do. You're not hurting anybody, but you're listening to me, and I'm happy that you're here. So thank you for popping on in on the program. We've got retail wreckage. I have two dividend stocks that I plan on either buying now or adding to when they go down because I'm pretty sure that they're going to be dropping. So we'll get into that. And we're going to do a little bit of dividend news for you. News you can use, I guess. It may be too late if you're an investor in the manufacturer and owner of Rubbermaid products and Elmer's Glue, I believe. Good old Elmer's Glue. And yes, as you heard, I bought a non-dividend stock, so we're going to get to that. But at the end of this right here podcast, I don't, I haven't really talked about this. This is the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, 365 awesome quotes, one for every day of the year. I'm going to get into one that I just read this week that I think is really important that, man, it really ties it all and brings it all home into not pinning your happiness on external things, things you don't control. It's an insane risk, as they say. Yes, they say, I say, we say, you say, hey, how's it going? And I will say, though, that 
Professor Aswath Demoterin. I love him, big fan of his. Charlie Munger, not so much, thinks he's out of his mind. But one thing that Professor Demoterin says that I've I've remembered is that the stock market is not there to make us rich, but it is there to preserve our wealth and to grow our wealth over time. And I think when there's times that I want to get carried away, like investing into some really high yield thing, something that might make it look like we're going to make money really quickly. You know, you just got to take a step back and say, is this how I plan on preserving my wealth being really risky? And if you do have that itch that you need to scratch, you know, I've thought about it. Maybe I should be investing more into ETFs like SCHD, which I did buy more SCHD as that's been dropping. But honestly, have a play account. Why not? 5%, 10%, something not crazy that you can blow up and it's not going to kill you. But if you choose, right, if you're, if you, you know, thanked your lucky stars, if you looked at Walt Disney and you wished upon that star and you made some money, then it's going to be a nice gain. And maybe also do that to learn and to, to see if you really are as smart as you think you are. And I also think it's more important than doing that with play money, with paper money, because when you invest with real money, you got skin in the game, you got dollars, you got that Skrilla on the line, then it's much more important to you. And it means a lot more when you have that money on the line. So with that being said, everybody... Come, we're going to whisk you away to the world of dividend news. According to Simply Safe Dividends, this is just the latest. Newell Brands, as I told you, they make Rubbermaid and Coleman and I believe Elmer's Glue. Yeah, they slashed that dividend 70%. As I'm reading from here, they shifted its capital allocation policy as profits remain under pressure from persistent supply chain issues, higher borrowing costs. That dividend had been frozen for quite some time at 23 cents. That's been a telltale for me. When a company is kind of starting to struggle, that's something I've observed and and something you should look out for with these dividend-paying companies. When they give that penny increase, okay. VFC, we saw them still give an increase before they cut. I think they just wanted to reach dividend king status. But as I have on the screen here, Newell, that dividend was at $0.23 a share per quarter for a while, frozen there, and then the cut. So I've seen companies that aren't known for that frozen dividend. There's a cut that sometimes comes after it's been frozen. Not always. Uh, Magellan, ticker MMP, is going to be acquired by their rival Oneok, or 1OK, however you say that. So there you go. Uh, Magellan's dividend yield was 6.69%. Coterra Energy's new dividend policy provides improved coverage, so they reaffirmed Coterra Energy. Northrop Grumman or Grumman, however you say it, Northrop Grumman, they lifted their payout 8.1%, which extends their streak of dividend growth to 20 straight years. And I believe that is dividend. Oh, what is there? There's too many. So 10 years, I think, is contender. 20 years is achiever. 25 years as aristocrat, and 50 years as king, and 100 years, we call them the centurions. I don't believe there's any that have grown their dividend for 100 years, but there's some companies that are going to be close. Like, I think we talked about with Kevin Parker Hannafin, right? I think they're at like 65, 67 years. And then Chubb, 
today, ticker CB, the property and casualty insurance company, they raised their dividend 3.6%, which is their 30th consecutive year, but only a 1.71% dividend yield. And then we wrap it up with the world of dividends news that they say Western Asset High Income Fund 2 I suggest they need to reduce their payout. I believe that's a closed-end fund paying almost 13%. So if you invest in that, you might want to take a peek at that. Okay, everybody, welcome back. If you had to step out, I'm going to take a sip from my dad mug of my probiotic tea with ginger. I did buy a non-dividend paying company. And it was Harrow Health. You've probably heard me talk about it a little bit. I am enamored, as you heard me tell Joe Rogan, I'm enamored with Mark Baum, the CEO. Harrow Health was put on my radar by one of our community members, KC. And in the chat, in the live streams, she was touting Harrow Health, saying they look really good. And I finally did a little bit of my own due diligence Last earnings call, I listened to their earnings call and their CEO, Mark Baum. Now stick with me. I know we're a dividend program here, but man, I want to point out their CEO because this is what I think you should be looking for in companies and whether you wouldn't never buy them, wouldn't never buy them, wonderful English there. If you would never buy a non-dividend paying company, I think there's a lesson to learn here from the CEO who is a founder and he thinks like a shareholder and he's thinking of the patients, of the providers, of the company, of the business, of the shareholders. I really, really like him. And he mentioned about every quarter he writes a stockholder letter. You know, from Warren Buffett, you get it once a year. Mark Baum does this once a quarter, going back to quarter three of 2019. It's on their website. You can read everything. Uh, A little trick I learned from, um, I don't know who, You know, I listen to a lot of stuff, people, and this all starts to blend together in my mind and in my head. Everything starts to blend together as I punch the microphone unnecessarily. Uh, Sarah Lee. Mm. Remember they had chocolate cakes, Sarah Lee? Okay, focus. We can get through this together. As we were talking about Mark Baum and Harrow Health, what Harrow Health does, they're all about the eyes. Ophthalmology. Ophthalmolics as I probably said that wrong, either way. But one of their main drugs is Ihezo. It got a J code, which is what the um, insurers, you can bill insurers for the reimbursement of that drug. It's an, an uh, It anesthetizes the eye. It's a single use, from what I read, around 90 seconds in, your eye will be numb for 21 and a half minutes. So there's great for cataract procedures, other retinal things that are going on with your eye. They have other businesses, other subsidiaries that some of them they've divested but retain equity stakes in. And I want to read you what I love about it. You got to stick with me here because what Mark Baum said is just awesome. And it's about senior executive equity compensation. (laughs) This is where I wish every CEO would think like this. This is something I, I just need to point out to you. As a CEO, 
doing things I think the right way. And this is who I am investing with in this business because he says, traditionally, compensation committees of public company boards of directors provide senior executives with equity compensation on an annual basis that vests over time in the form of stock options or restricted stock units, which we call RSUs, as a retention tool. For many years, we received stock options and occasionally RSUs with these time-based vesting criteria. A few years ago, I approached the Harrow Board of Directors and said that Andrew, Dennis, John, and I wanted to forego future annual grants of both stock options and RSUs, which are essentially shares of stock, and instead, we wanted to totally align ourselves with our stockholders. In order to accomplish this, I proposed that we receive an escalating number of shares of Harrow stock that would only vest if the price of our stock rose meaningfully and maintained that certain level for a reasonable period of time. For example, we didn't want the stock to spike up, cause a vesting, and thus a windfall. It's like he's just laying it all out there to align them with the shareholders. He continues, Additionally, under the policy, we had to maintain our employment with Harrow for at least two years in order to receive any shares that vested. This meant that Harrow stock achieving the lowest target level would cause the vesting of a fraction of the number of shares that would vest had the stock achieved the highest target level. The bottom line is that when our stockholders quote-unquote won, we would win. And the more our fellow stockholders won, the more we would win. In other words, management and shareholder alignment. And if that is not enough, it gets even better that he's saying they didn't want to do something like you hear financial manipulation and shenanigans that go on where a company will buy back shares or they'll do crazy things in order to get the share price to spike and then it triggers their restricted stock units. They'll create a windfall. They'll cash out. He's saying no. We didn't want a windfall. We would have to be at that level for about two years in order for us to be able to vest and receive those shares. Mr. Baum goes on. This is getting, this is the good part. Trust me. Our board of directors liked this idea. And after working with our compensation consultant, this program was formally started in the summer of 2021 when our stock price was around $7 to $8 per share. The initial Harrow stock price targets were a 50% increase, a 100% increase, a 150% increase, and lastly, a 175% increase. Now remember, that's from the $7 to $8 per share. They had these target levels, 50%, 100%, 150%, and 175%. Recently, we achieved the 175% price target, which was $21.45 which will cause all of the shares in this program to vest. We are set to receive these shares in the summer on the two-year anniversary of the program. And then the last paragraph as he wraps it up, and this is the future, this is what made me sit up and pay attention. Based on the success of this program, earlier this year, we again requested that our board adopt a new similar program consisting of Harrow stock price targets of $25 per share, $35 per share, $45 per share, and $50 per share. This is all described in more detail in our SEC filings, but I wanted to call attention to this, quote, eat what you kill structure because 
while it will have a non-cash impact to our operating expenses, I believe, one, it provides a great incentive for the team to create long-term and sustainable stockholder value, and two, all Harrow stockholders should know that we as a management team are focused on value-creating initiatives that have the potential to create significantly more shareholder value than what is currently reflected in the market value of Harrow. They are aligning themselves, the executives, with the shareholders, and they're only going to have a big benefit if the stock price goes up and stays up above those levels. And as of this recording, Harrow is at about $21 a share. So that upside, if it gets to that $50, that's 138% upside on the stock price from here. And they have a lot in the pipeline. We're not going to get into it, but I just wanted to point that out to you that when we invest in these companies, you're investing in a business and it's run by a management team. And this is why Warren Buffett has said that you have to invest and understand the management because the management is handling your money and they're the ones that are going to make decisions with it, like buying back shares. If they're buying back when the stock price is way over crazy valued, that destroys value for the current shareholders, those that of us continue to hold. And it's wonderful to come across somebody that says they want to run Harrow like Berkshire, like Buffett and Munger, who he is a student of and looks up to. And it's one of the few non-dividend paying companies I have, but the more I looked into them, it's it's really hard for me not to invest. And either he's a great snake oil salesman or he truly does believe what he's saying. And after reading and looking a little bit more into it, I got a lot more looking to do. Uh, full disclosure, I do have now 20 shares of Harrow at about, I think, 21, 23-ish a share. So fantastic. Hopefully that helps you to think about looking at management and seeing if they are thinking like a shareholder he is the embodiment of that sip of the agua time. We need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> okay, so now for the bell of the ball time check. 18 minutes there, so in. Okay, now these are the stocks. I'm going to try to break this down for you really quickly. Retail earnings season has been kicking off. You got Home Depot. You're going to have Lowe's, Target, Walmart, Costco, all the uh, Williams Sonoma, all the retailers are kicking off. And one of the early emerging themes that we've seen from the likes of Target and Home Depot, and I believe even Walmart, aside from their groceries, is that the consumer is starting to tighten up their spending on discretionary items. So that's stuff like clothing, electronics, home goods, things of that nature. But the essentials, like your groceries, are doing well, which is going to be great for Costco, for Kroger, for Walmart. But the rub, though, is, is that groceries are a really low-margin item. There's high volume, low margin. But a lot of the discretionary items, like those home, uh, those home goods, the electronics, uh, your clothing, and things like that, have a higher... I don't know, maybe not, maybe not clothing. I'd have to think about that one. But electronics for sure, uh, outdoor lawn and garden equipment, furniture, stuff like that, that has lower volume, but a higher margin. And eventually that's going to come back. So 
Yeah. Target, I like. You, you remember, I was, was, am I crazy for selling Procter & Gamble to buy Target? I'm going to be buying more Target because the thing of it is, is that, well, first of all, I'm just thinking about Target. Poor guys, they've lost half a billion dollars to shrink, which they say the organized shoplifting is getting worse. Say they're they're talking about closing urban stores. Uh, Brian Cornell, their CEO, said they don't really want to, but they're going to prioritize the safety of the employees, and they're going to do what they have to do. Dude, here in Chicago, Walmart closed four uh, urban WalMarts. Just closed them up quick back in April, and there was a lot of outcry. But you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room that they didn't want to say it. They just said they were quote unquote underperforming, but. We all know they were in some bad, bad areas and man, some of these stores, they're just not going to have it. Um, right. Amazon closed their whole foods flagship store in San Francisco. And there's just been a lot of Walgreens, I think has been having a lot of issues with just brazen theft, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But Brian Cornell was basically saying like, we need help. Like this goes beyond the retailers. We need, I guess either local governments or something has to happen. Community-based, government-based. It's beyond just the retailers stopping people from stealing. But that, that I think is what's going to happen is, yeah, so the consumer is spending less on discretionary items, right? But it's eventually going to change. The cycle is going to shift. It's like a, like a pendulum right now. The pendulum is swinging away from people buying discretionary items. We know they were full of those stimmy funds. They probably spent most of the stimmy funds. I think it's why Warren Buffett bought more capital one because you know what we, we people want to spend, especially as the economy worsens and people lose jobs and there's more layoffs People are still going to spend on those things that make us happy and pleasurable. So I don't, just off the top of my head, I think that's, I, I mean, love, like relationships. They're going to spend on things that, you know, get you laid, I guess. Um, they're going to spend on alcohol, cigarettes, probably cannabis, uh, gambling, I would assume, uh, things that are fun, things that take your, maybe the movies even. But if they don't have the cash, they're probably going to be putting it on credit cards, which we have a Capital One account. Uh, word to the wise, pay your credit cards off in full every month, people. Collect the rewards. As I told my kids, your credit card is an extension of your checking account. That's it. If you cannot pay it off after 30 days, you don't buy it. You just, you're paying cash, but you're giving a 30-day buffer. So word to the wise on that. So I think that Target and Williams-Sonoma are two that are going to suffer a little bit. Williams-Sonoma has yet to put forth their earnings, and I think it's not going to be very, very good. Uh, I think it's or it's going to probably miss expectations, if I would have to guess. And if it doesn't, then I'm sure management's remarks, they're going to give some of the same things, saying that the consumer discretionary is tightening up. But I'm looking to add to Target and Williams-Sonoma that would be starting a position in Williams-Sonoma. They have no debt. Uh, wanted to look at a couple numbers here with you for Williams-Sonoma. Williams-Sonoma, they have 
a 3.05% uh, dividend yield. Their last dividend increase was 15%. They have a 13% 10-year CAGR. They've been growing it for 13 years, 16 years uninterrupted. And I know that you got to be careful. I'm looking on Simply Safe Dividends right here. By the way, they went ex-dividend on my birthday, April 20th. <laughs> they showed that they have 40% net debt on Simply Safe. But if we click over to alphaspread.com, which gives Williams Sonoma a base case intrinsic valuation of 165 bucks, so it's about 30% undervalued. If we were to look at the fundamentals of the company, they currently have $367 million of cash and short-term investments, and they have no long-term debt. Zero zip zilch long-term debt. They are a debt-free company, which is big. It's going to help them weather a lot of storms. Target, a little bit different story. Uh, they have a 2.8% dividend yield. Their dividend growth was 20% in June of 2022. They have a 15% 5-year, or 20, um, excuse me, 15% 20-year CAGR for Target. So they grow that dividend pretty well. They are a dividend king, 51 years of dividend growth. And they went ex-dividend on May 16th, which was two days ago from this Rachia recording. And their next dividend in... When is that? Their dividend is June of 22. So June of 23. Coming up here in a month and a half or so, they should be announcing another dividend hike. And it will be interesting to see because their last one was 20%. And Target from Alpha Spread has an intrinsic valuation of $177 on the base case. So about 13% undervalued. And that's what I'm thinking. Those are my thoughts. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love to know what retail companies you're buying or not, or let us know on Twitter. Get it, uh, get it, get it, get it. Don't stop. And now you've waited. I'm going to read at you a little bit from again. I'll have my affiliate link below for this for the Daily Stoic. Really good. I love it. And you'll get gems like this coming to us from Marcus Aurelius. Now, this one really spoke to me, and I hope you'll open up your mind just a little bit. Marcus Aurelius said, Those obsessed with glory attach their well-being to the regard of others. Those who love pleasure tie it to feelings, but the one with true understanding seeks it only in their own actions. Think on the character of the people one wishes to please, the possessions one means to gain, and the tactics one employs to such ends. How quickly time erases such things, and how many has it wiped away already? Marcus Aurelius wrote that a couple centuries ago. Not centuries, a couple millennia ago, I stand corrected. So here's the little interpretation that Ryan Holiday gives. If your happiness is dependent on accomplishing certain goals, what happens if fate intervenes? What if you're snubbed? If outside events interrupt? What if you do achieve everything but find that nobody is impressed? That's the problem with letting your happiness be determined by things you can't control. It's an insane risk. If an actor focuses on the public reception to a project, whether critics like it or whether it's a hit, they will be constantly disappointed and hurt. But if they love their performance and put everything they have into making it the best that they're capable of, they will always find satisfaction in their job. 
Like them, we should take pleasure from our actions in taking the right actions rather than the results that come from them. Our ambition should not be to win then, but to play with our full effort. Our intention is not to be thanked or recognized, but to help and to do what we think is right. Our focus is not on what happens to us, but on how we respond in this we will always find contentment and resilience. Now, I love it every morning, every day, I get a different thought, something to ruminate on and think about as I go throughout the day. Helps me live an easier, easier life. And I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Again, whatever you have to do, beg, borrow, buy, or steal, get that book uh, into your life. You'll find stuff of use. And I hope you found this podcast of use. Hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Russ, at DapperDividends.com. Let me know how I can improve this thing, what I could do better, different. I don't know, whatever you want to say. I'm all ears, and I thank you for spending a little bit of your precious, precious time on this spinning bloom ball with me, letting me come into your ear holes for about 30 minutes and putting up with some of the silliness. And I hope, again, you got some value out of it. So thumbs up, leave it a rating, review, whatever you have to do. Consider subscribing. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And with that being said, I really do hope you will come back next week because I will be here with another podcast and hopefully I will get to speak with you. So long, everybody.